بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وبعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته everyone I hope and pray that you are well and enjoying the month of Ramadan أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم I welcome you back to our series on du'as from the Quran and Sunnah I'm also calling it indeed I am near based on the compilation I am near which you can find for free download Online, Alhamdulillah, it's an excellent compilation of the supplications from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So far we've looked at the virtues of the Qur'an and Sunnah's supplications specifically. We've looked at Surah Al-Fatiha in two parts, both focusing on the virtues and the meanings and then focusing on the Fatiha as a supplication and as a conversation between ourselves and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what we will notice from many of the supplications in the Qur'an, especially the supplications of the Prophets and Messengers, alayhimu salatu wasalam, and the same can, can be said for the, the supplications of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which we primarily find in a hadith, is that sometimes there's, a, there's an explicit request. For example, where the request is outright said, you know, فَغْفِرْلِي, فَغْفِرْلِي, forgive me, وَرْحَمْنِي, have mercy on me. But you also find occasions where there's apparently no direct request. It's either implicit or there's no apparent request whatsoever. For example, one of the supplications the Prophet ﷺ told us is the best supplication is Alhamdulillah. Just the words Alhamdulillah, which means it's tahmeed, it's praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's literally saying all praise belongs to Allah. All praise is only for Allah. And if we look at that as a dhikr, it makes perfect sense. But if we were to analyze this as a supplication, and I were then to ask, you know, so what exactly are you asking for? It would be difficult to pinpoint exactly what is being what is being requested. And this is this is something we need to learn very quickly because this series is going to assume you know, further down the line, it's going to assume that you've already understood this. That dua is not just a, so, uh, you know, a sort of shopping list that we present to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, oh Allah, give me this. Oh Allah, grant me that. Oh Allah, take this away. Oh Allah, protect this. Oh Allah, grant this person that. And there's no, there's no harm, you know, in, in asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of your needs. But we are here to learn and improve ourselves and our relationship with Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. And the best form of communication with Allah is through His own words and through the words of those who were closest with Him. And that is, of course, the prophets and the messengers. And we will see in the example we are looking at today that this is very apparent, right? La ilaha illa anta subhanaka Inni kuntu That's right, we're looking at the dua or the dhikr or the supplication or the litany. Whichever word you'd like to describe it as, it remains one of the most powerful sayings in the deen of Islam. And it is the saying of Nabi Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam as Allah ta'ala reports and quotes him in the Quran. And... Essentially, we've heard this somewhere, you know, in some form of gathering, in some of in some form of supplication or dua, but we we are somewhat familiar with the words La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimin. 
If you'd like to see the reference of this particular supplication from the Quran itself, you can find this specifically in the story of Nabi Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam in Surah Al-Anbiya, that's Surah number 81, verse number 87. Surah Al-Anbiya, the chapter on the Prophets, or rather the chapter that's named the Prophets, and that's Surah number 21, verse number 87. And literally, this dua reads, La ilaha, there is no deity worthy of worship, there is no ilah, there is no God with a small g, illa anta, except you. And the second, the second person pronoun is being used here. Illa anta, except you alone. Subhanaka. Now the word subhana, you often see translated as Glory be to you, praise be to you. But to be true to the tafsir of the word subhana and subhanallah, it would be closer to say, perfect are you, transcendent are you. Because the word subhanallah is essentially declaring distance, declaring uh, distance between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and any sense of imperfection. So to declare the transcendence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from any form of, of imperfection. La ilaha illa anta. There's no deity worthy of worship except you. Subhanaka. You are free from all defects. Perfect are you. Transcendent are you. Those three meanings come from the word subhanak. Right? Of course, it's one word, but it carries nuances of meaning. And then the second part. Inni. Kuntu minadhalimin. Inni, indeed I, inni, indeed I, kuntu, I was or I am minadhalimin of the wrongdoers. From the word dhulm. Dhalam mim means dhulm. Dhulm means wrongdoing. Dhulm can also be translated as oppression because when you do when you commit dhulm, right? We, some people say dhulm, but it's a dhulm, right? When you commit oppression, when you commit wrongdoing, essentially it is to do an injustice, right? Wrongdoing is to do something that was not supposed to be done or to do it in a way that it was not supposed to be done. So this is why we translate it as uh, wrongdoing or oppression. That's it. That's the sentence... That's the ayah. That is the supplication. La ilaha illa anta. There's no deity worthy of worship except you. Subhanaka. Transcendent are you. Or perfect are you. Or free from all defects are you. Inni, indeed I, kuntu min I am of the wrongdoers. So now I'm going to ask that question again. What have we actually asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for? And again, I'm hoping through this question and through your, your thinking about this uh, supplication that you would learn that dua is not only about asking and requesting for something or for something to happen. But when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, ad-du'a mukhul ibadah, that dua is the essence of worship. 
that the idea should be far greater than just asking Allah for a bunch of things and for a shopping list. Because if these two supplications, the one that we just learned of Nabi Yunus والسلام, and the Alhamdulillah, which the Prophet says in a narration is the best form of dua, we can see in both examples of these great supplications that there isn't any apparent request. Now, there are implicit requests. For example, when one says Alhamdulillah, in light of the fact that when we thank Allah, Allah increases us. Through that understanding, we can see that Alhamdulillah is asking Allah for increase in blessings by being grateful for the blessings that he had already given us. And when we look at the dua of Nabi Yunus, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min What we see there is declaration of Allah's perfection and admission of our own guilt and our own wrongdoing and placing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our complete dependence on Him and presenting ourselves as humble beings for we are in fact nothing in comparison to His Majesty subhanahu wa ta'ala. So by presenting yourself to Allah with need in a low state in a state of desperation, in a state of utter dependence, by merely presenting yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be there for you. What does that mean? That means in whichever way you need Allah to be there for you, Allah will be there for you. Remember when we speak to Allah, when we ask Allah, it's not like Allah doesn't know what our needs are. Allah knows our needs better than we know our own needs. So why is it so important for us to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if He already knows our needs? It's not important for the sake of presenting our needs to Allah by way of asking Him for it, but merely by presenting ourselves to Allah as His humble slaves, as His humble servants. And this is the condition that we present before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this application has a bit of background. In short, because the dua is mentioned in the Quran in short passages and the, the story of Nabi Yunus as well is mentioned in, uh, you know, in, in brief. But Nabi Yunus preached to his people for many years as many prophets did. And he became somewhat fed up with his people's denial of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he left his people without the permission, without the express permission of Allah Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. Later on he found himself in a very overcrowded ship. So overcrowded and uh, in such a bad condition that the crew needed to get rid of extra weight. And lo and behold, lots were drawn several times and again and again, it was an indication that Nabi Yunus was to be thrown overboard. And that is what happened. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused a, a miracle to take place. He was swallowed whole, alive, by a huge creature, right? We often say it's a whale, Allah knows best, but a huge creature in the ocean, so probably a whale. And he remained there. He left his people in, in a state of anger. He realized 
that he made a mistake to do so without Allah's permission and he could see that he ended up in this absolutely hopeless situation. Why do I say hopeless? Because we're in a, you know, in, in a situation such as this where you find yourself in the middle of the ocean, no one around, having been swallowed by an animal, do you expect to be saved from it? Do you expect to be saved from that situation? So even then, Nabi Yunus wasalam, realizing his mistake, turned to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and called upon Allah with this supplication. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu zalimin. There is no one worthy of worship except you, O Allah. Glory be to you, or transcendent are you, or perfect are you. Indeed, I am of the wrongdoers. So we would expect that in this situation, Nabi Yunus is going to ask Allah, Oh Allah, save me from this whale. Oh Allah, save me from my people. Oh Allah, forgive me, forgive me. But he doesn't say any of these things explicitly. Instead, he just turns to Allah with absolute humility and presents himself as a humble slave before Allah. And in a very beautiful way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves him. He causes him to be, to be uh, cast ashore by the whale in a way that was again miraculous. And when he reached the shore, he was a bit, you know, he was in, in, in a state, according to the tafsir, he was in a state because of the digestive fluids of the whale and so on. So he required shade, right? He required shade and Allah caused a plant, right? Shajaratam mi yaqteen, says the Quran. A tree of some form of pumpkin or squash to grow over him. This is in the Quran. It's mentioned in the Quran. To grow over him, to shield him and to be a source of, of, uh, of nourishment for him. And Allah saved him in that situation. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him blessing upon blessing. The tafsir mentions how there were some other miracles around this. But when he got back to his people... Right? And it's not, it's not quite clear whether it was the same people or a different group of people. But he got back to his people and he found that his people had all become believers. So from the depths of the ocean in the darkness of the belly of a fish or a whale, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved Nabi Yunus wasalam because of this one sentence. And what's amazing about this story, and I would encourage you, I would highly encourage you to go and read Surah Al-Anbiya from verse 87 to 88 and read the tafsir thereof and you would see that at the end of verse number 88 Allah says Subhanallah, this part here is really outstanding because he says and just like that, in other words just like Allah had saved Nabi Yunus We will save the believers La ilaha illa anta subhanak and glad tidings for the Ummah of Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Because our beloved messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had informed us And had given us the glad tiding That no one asks of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala anything Using this supplication Except that Allah would grant it, for, grant it to him this is known as one of the uh, du'as 
for distress and one of the one of these applications for being in in real difficulty right dua ul karb it is called and there are different there are slightly different supplications three or four that fall under this banner we will look at some of them later on bi ta'ala but for now let us understand the the emotion in this prayer and the circumstance of nabi yunus alayhi salatu wasalam at that time and understand our difficulty as an ummah today and where we find ourselves today and turn to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all of our troubles and all of our worries and all of our concerns and supplicate unto him with this dua sincerely whether we say it once as part of our supplications for the day or for parts of the day or whether we say it repeatedly like in the form of a dhikr but let us not neglect this amazing supplication and let us present ourselves to Allah as Nabi Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam did may Allah accept and grant us the tawfiq wa sallallahu ala sayyidina muhammad Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.